0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, March twentieth, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. The long, strange relationship between the United States and Saudi Arabia is difficult to square with America's foreign policy aims, especially in Syria. Emma Ashford, a visiting research fellow at the Cato Institute, says in general, so-called petro-states make bad allies.
1: So we're now four years into the Syrian civil war, and it doesn't show any signs that it's going to end anytime soon. Um, US forces are now involved in bombing in both Iraq and Syria with the rise of ISIS. And there's been a lot of talk recently about what the US should be doing in Syria. Should it be doing more? Should it be doing less? Um, And my research shows that actually part of the reason we're in this situation is that some of our closest allies in the region, Saudi Arabia and Qatar, Their actions over the last three, four years in Syria are part of the reason why the situation is so dire.
0: All right. So uh, how long has the United States had its, I think it's fair to say, odd at best uh, relationship with Saudi Arabia?
1: Well, the U.S. relationship with Saudi Arabia has basically existed since World War II. And the reason was the Saudis produced massive amounts of oil to help fuel the allied war effort during World War II. The relationship has continued to this day, even though for about the last 10 years, the U.S. really hasn't been dependent on Saudi oil. And so the deal used to be um, the Saudis would provide the U.S. with oil and the U.S. would protect Saudi Arabia from its enemies in the region, particularly Iran. These days, it's a little less clear what we're getting out of this deal.
0: What does the United States risk by treating oil-rich states as allies and depending on them for specific foreign policy assistance and expertise?
1: Well, so when you're an oil-rich state or a petro state, um, a lot of bad things happen to the country. So you see like really negative economic effects. These countries are prone to um, have very autocratic governments. They don't democratize um, and they tend to be very corrupt. Um, Their government institutions are weak. They don't do a good job of governing. And this can also bleed over into the foreign policy sphere. So if you have a government that's very small, very corrupt, controlled by sort of one small group of people or in the case of Saudi Arabia by a, a family, In effect, Um, what you get is foreign policy that's very personality driven, um, it's lacking in key information. Sometimes the decisions they make aren't very good and sometimes they're dragging the U.S. along with them.
0: Joe Biden was recently uh, chastened for making uh, this comment. Our allies in the region were our greatest problem. The Saudis, the Emiratis, they poured hundreds of millions of dollars and thousands of tons of weapons into anyone who would fight Assad, except for the people who were being supplied were al-Nusra and al-Qaeda.
1: So Joe Biden, well known for his comments where he says something that's Accurate, even if it's a little inappropriate and in this case he's hit the nail right on the head. Saudi Arabia, Qatar and some other states in the Middle East have been pouring lots of money and arms into Syria funding lots of rebels um, and they've often not taken the care that we would like them to take over where this money is going to. Qatar in particular um, believes that we should really just be funding anybody that's willing to fight Assad no matter how extreme they are and so Qatar says al-Nusraf which is a splinter group of Al-Qaeda, oh, they're not so bad. They're willing to fight against Assad and we should fund and arm them. And so this, this is fundamentally concerning for the US.
0: You make a point of saying that to the extent that Saudi Arabia has effectively provided support to ISIS, that that was unintentional.
1: Yeah, I would, I would classify it more as a case of incompetence than anything else. So, um, while they were pouring all this money and all these weapons into Syria, they were funding lots of different rebel groups. Um, they often weren't vetting them particularly carefully, so sometimes they were a little more extreme than the Saudis thought. Um, and then a lot of times when they weren't vetting these groups, people within the groups would actually defect to ISIS, taking with them all those weapons and that money so a lot of Saudi arms and a lot of Qatari arms have actually ended up in the hands of ISIS and a lot of those fighters that were trained and equipped have ended up as members of ISIS even if it's unintentional
0: so what is the US to do
1: Well, so I think there's a couple of things we should do. Um, So firstly, we really shouldn't be relying on these states for any kind of military support, for any kind of intelligence support. So we know that there are military and intelligence sharing agreements between Saudi Arabia and the US. We don't know how extensive they are. Um, But relying on such information or these, these arrangements really could be quite dangerous for the U.S. We're basically relying on people that don't seem to be very good at what they do in foreign policy. And so we should really dial that down um, and really base U.S. decisions on Middle Eastern conflicts only on information that we can independently verify um, and on U.S. interests rather than just the interests of other states.
0: Complicating the U.S. relationship with Saudi Arabia is that we have a formal arrangement with them that – compels the U.S. to provide at some price to Saudi Arabia specific support for their implementation of their military aims.
1: Yes, so the Saudis I I think to some extent know that they're not very good. They don't have a particularly solid foreign ministry. They're not very good at implementing their foreign policy on the ground. And one way that they get around this is they hire US government contractors. So companies like like Boeing or BAE Systems will be contracted through this arrangement to um, build facilities for the Saudi government, to staff Um, and run facilities and effectively act as civil servants for the Saudi government on foreign policy.
0: The United States is asked to, in some ways, be on two sides of a civil war in Syria. So how will our relationships with Qatar and, and Saudi Arabia and others complicate or solve that problem?
1: So in Syria, our policy is very much complicated by our relationship with these states, particularly with Saudi Arabia. Um, The U.S. is engaged in bombing ISIS right now, but there isn't really any on-the-ground support for that. Um, The U.S. plan to arm moderates in Syria isn't going so great because we can't find many moderates to arm. Um, And then with our relationship with Saudi Arabia and Qatar, they won't consider any form of negotiation with Bashar al-Assad. They still say he has to be overthrown as part of any eventual solution to the Syrian civil war. The problem is that doesn't fit well with U.S. strategic aims right now. Negotiation with Assad um, in order to more effectively combat ISIS may in fact be a solid strategic move for the U.S. and one that our allies really aren't that thrilled about.
0: Emma Ashford is a visiting research fellow with the Cato Institute. Read more of her work at cato.org.